We hope you enjoy this message from Church on the Lake by Pastor Mike Cooper. and thick gloom covers the nations. What does our righteous revolutionary speak to us in this hour? Here's what he says. Rise up in splendor and be radiant. Amen. He says, your light has dawned. The sun has come up. Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Yahweh arises upon you, and the brightness of his glory appears over you. Do you see the difference between the current condition of the earth and the current condition of those who love Jesus with all their heart, soul, and mind? That's a big difference between a blanket of darkness and gloom and a radiant light as if the sun has dawned. And have we not had some beautiful sunrises and sunsets these last few days? Oh my goodness. He's been displaying his splendor in the heavenlies. So what is the results? Well, result number one. It says right there that nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and that kings will be attracted to the sunrise glory of your new day. So in a world where the nations are in gloom and darkness, and the church is a radiant light, it says that the nations and the kings will be attracted to the light. Are you with me? So one of the results of the righteous revolution is that the nations now will be attracted. You would think because of all that the devil has played that the world would want to go that direction. But oh no, it says they are attracted to what's happening because there's a bright light shining. See, the church in revival is a bright light and the nations are attracted to it. What if I said right now, God is preparing you to disciple nations? That you will influence kings. Would you believe me? What I've already talked about this morning concerning that prayer meeting is our plan is that when we meet on Wednesday night for our prayer meeting, that that will be our fire on the altar that will be shared with the entire area. And the entire area shared with us. So those of you that have been speaking into that Wednesday night prayer meeting, those of you that have been praying, those of you that have been an active part of that, you will be discipling nations. Houston is the most metropolitan city in the world right now. We've been rivaling New York for a while, but Houston is nudging ahead, and that means that the nations of the world are right at our door, right at our gate. You, you will be discipling nations. 
the results of a righteous revolution in you is the light, the radiant light of Christ is shining out of the body and the darkness says, what in the world is that? I want some of that. Whew. Houston is being spotlighted right now on the world stage of the prophetic. And we're a gate to that city. <laughs> Suddenly your voice, your light is connected in a way beyond that you could see right in front of you. When I stepped into the United Nations in 2007 for a prayer meeting, all of a sudden it dawned on me how little the world is. We were invited by the Ugandan ambassador to come and hold a prayer meeting in the United Nations, 200 prayer leaders from around the world. There's only 200 plus nations in the world. Think about this. Only 200 plus nations in the world. And each nation represented in the United Nations, what if you had influence over one of those? What if, right? What if? What could God do? So think about you leading in prayer on a Wednesday night and someone from from North Korea, who has is, is migrated and immigrated into Houston, hears you praying and God touches their heart. Who knows what happens to the heart of a North Korean who gets turned on to Jesus Christ? You do understand that in the darkest places of the world right now, that's where revival is stirring like never before. Afghanistan. Iran, right now, there is a fire of revival burning in those two nations. And even though the Taliban thinks they have control, there is a God in heaven who has control. When you touch someone's life, you have the potential to touch their nation. That's the way we think with missions. If I lead someone to Christ when I go on a mission trip, then their whole life can change somebody else's life that has the potential to touch the entire nation. The results are that you'll be discipling nations and that you'll influence kings. I say that believing, I say that believing that God can and will allow us as a church on the lake to disciple nations and to speak to kings. But it also leads us into result number two. For your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. Watch as they gather together eager to come back to you. To me, that says this, your kids are coming home. Your kids are coming home. Those of you that have been praying and interceding, God says, they're coming home. When I went into the Air Force, it, it, was, it was a direct right face from what I thought my, my, I just got called to the ministry. What do you mean I'm going in the Air Force? 
And those of you that don't know the story, I was on my way home from India with the call of God fresh on my heart, thinking I was headed to Bible college training. And before I landed in Los Angeles, I already knew I was going into the Air Force. Aim high, United States Air Force. Amen. Within six months, I was standing in San Antonio with my, my uh, basic training flight. I was scared spitless. I'd never been in that kind of heat, nor had I seen bugs that big before. I didn't know those things existed. But standing in attention at 3 o'clock in the morning, I would watch as bugs would race back and forth across the, the, the place where we were standing in attention, waiting for our, our T.I. to come to yell and scream at us and make names about us and all that stuff, just waiting to be ridiculed. And you're watching these big bugs and you're thinking, what else is there here? <laughs> it was on the 15th day of basic training that I, I took my liberty <laughs> with the guys on my flight. We were in a big trouble. We had been confined to our quarters, and I stood up, took a, took a Bible out of my pocket, and began to minister to them out of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. I got, my, I got my oats going, and I pretty soon I'm having an altar call, and the next thing I know, 32 of those 50 guys are answering the altar call and accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Hallelujah! What I didn't know is that many of those were kids, that their parents were at home praying they'd come home to Jesus. And it was just the beginning of what I was seeing of preacher's kids who were running away from God, who went in the military to get away from their moms and dads, and there they were, turning to Jesus. <laughs> A few weeks later, I would be in the police academy, and seven of those other policemen would be led to, the, to Christ, and, and we would begin to see preacher's kids turning back to Jesus. Your kids are coming home. I got to my base at Barksdale, and for three and a half years, it was amazing. I'd sit down with a new guy, and I'd think, I bet, I bet this kid grew up in church, and I bet his mom and dad are pastors. And sure enough, in the course of conversation, they would say, yeah, I, I grew up in church, and my mom and dad are pastors, and I just couldn't wait to get away from them. And I'm sitting there going, <laughs> oh, glory. You're set up, dude. I had the joy of leading so many of them to Christ, and What's so cool now is many of them, right now, I'm looking at you, and you're watching on Facebook, and you remember those days when we talked about Jesus on the patrol cars, and I'm, I'm just reaching out to you and saying, keep trusting Jesus, keep looking to Jesus. Isn't it cool that 35, 36 years later, the people that you ministered to could actually be watching you on TV right now? It happens. See, God places you here, and he says you're going to be a light in the midst of a dark and gloomy time, and as you shine your light, 
I'm going to bring your kids home. I'm going to bring your daughters and your sons back home. We have a dear friend who ministered for many years, and we traveled with them to Russia in 1993. And when he was a young man, he had wandered away from God, and his mom was a, a praying mom. Praying mom. His mom and dad were both pray, prayer warriors, but he speci she specifically was the, the prayer warrior. And one particular day, he ended up in the, those of you that have never heard of these or seen a telephone booth. He was in a telephone booth. And he, and he, he put the, put the di a dime. You actually had, you remember those little things? They were worth 10 cents. They say we have a shortage of those now. Um, you put a dime in the phone booth and you could call home. And Dave Ruiz, who grew up in the streets of the Bronx with Nikki Cruz and all of those that you know, those names, Dave Ruiz was one of those, a Puerto Rican gang member, called mom and said, Mom, I'm coming home. He did that in the 60s. Liz and I were with him in 1993 in Russia, and he was sharing this story. And now, 30 years of ministry, he's telling the people of, of Moscow, your kids are coming home. And now, how many years after that, I'm standing here looking at you, and I'm saying, guess what? Your kids, you're going to get some of those phone calls. Mom, Dad, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. The results of a righteous revolution is that your light is shining in the darkness and God begins to minister to you by giving you the answer. What keeps us up at night more than anything? It's our kids. Think of the restless nights that you've had praying for your children and God says, I'm gonna bring them home. Let that faith arise in you. Result number three, the fullness of the sea will flow to you and the wealth of the nations will be transferred to you. Now, I want you to catch this as it's written here in the word of God because it's not about us getting rich quick. It's about God turning our enemies into those who bless us. Now, when we look at the scripture here, you're going to see enemies that have come back to bless Israel. And they all represent something in your own life. Because we all have things that we've done that created the enemies of our soul. Mistakes that we made when we were younger that still dog us in our middle age or later in life. Things that we did that we wish we wouldn't have done and yet we, have, we are reaping what we sowed. And this is what we see here. That the enemies of Israel were the results of Abraham's missteps. 
Abraham, the father of our faith, the reason why we, you know, we understand that have faith in Jesus Christ is how we are saved is because we learn so much from Abraham who believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Yet Abraham made mistakes. But I want you to see how God turned the mistakes around in this scripture. Midian. If you look down there, you'll see the name Midian. Midian, if you remember, are the Midianites. The Midianites are an enemy to the people of God in the book of the Old Testament. The Midianites were enemies to Israel. Midian, after Sarah and Hagar, Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah. She bore him Midian. So Midian is a son of Abraham. But I want you to see what happens. The son of Midian was Ephah. Abraham sent all his concubines' sons away eastward to the east country. We all know about Isaac, the child of promise. Most of us know about Ishmael. But here is Midian and his son, Ephah. They were sent away. And what happens when you send your kids away? What happens to those kids? What happens when your kids are left to the street, when your kids are left to be latchkey kids? Resentment builds up in their hearts. Resentment builds up in their minds. Bitterness. Where did the Midianites come from? They came from a kid who was shoved to the street. Are you hearing me? So we see Midian rises up to be an enemy of Israel. If you continue there, Ephah, the resentment of a son sent away, and a grandson who carried his father's offense led to one of Israel's most fiercest enemies joining with Moab, another distant relative of Abraham, the son of Lot. And Midian and Moab would join together to go to Balaam and say, Balaam, a prophet of God, will you curse the Israelites? These are the kids of Abraham and Lot asking a prophet of God to curse Israel, to, kiss a to curse Abraham's kids. But now in this scripture, we're seeing that the wealth of Abraham's enemies are now coming back to bless Israel. And it's a picture of us in our own lives and the mistakes that we make along the way, the hardships that we have in our lives, and then God turns things around. The results of a righteous revolution is that God turns our enemies into that which blesses our future. If we don't deal with our enemies, our enemies destroy us. But when we do, then all those failures turn into the blessings 
of the nations returning to us. Can I get an amen? amen? You see later in the word of God when we get to the book of Judges, it would take the exploits of Gideon to break the oppression of the Midianites. I want you to see that during the time of Gideon, let's, let's call Israel the church. The church was terrified of the Midianites. How many right now in America are terrified of the government? Oh, they're going to come get me. I, I'm not going to say nothing about Jesus. I'm going to hide out in this wine press and I'm going to thresh wheat here so that Biden can't take away my, he's not going to tax me anymore. The Midianites, the Midianites would come every time there was a harvest. The Midianites would come and take the bread. They'd get the bread, they'd have the harvest, and here would come the Midianites. So Gideon was like, I'll fix him. I'll, I'll thresh my wheat in the wine press. Nobody's going to see it. And God shows up and says, thou mighty man of valor. You know he didn't feel like no mighty man at that moment. <laughs> you can see, you know, the emoji with the red face. Like, <laughs> But God spoke into Gideon's heart. And Gideon takes 300 men and defeats the Midianites. And they were an army of hundreds of thousands. The Midianites were defeated by 300 Israelites. Sheba, the true wealth of the nations, was brought from those who were so enthralled with Solomon many years before. Now Isaiah prophesies that from Sheba will come the gold and the frankincense. Kedar, here Kedar is another grandson who would carry his father's offense. He was the second son of Ishmael. And Naboth, the first son of Ishmael. Are you seeing something here? Everything that had caused the enemies of Israel... When the light starts shining, the nations are drawn and they come back and we then are blessed by our past because God has redeemed it. Men, where you have failed and you've caused broken relationships, if you'll just keep looking to Christ, if you'll just keep looking to Jesus, he'll begin to restore the mistakes that you've made along the way. He'll begin to return the wealth of the nations into your life. God redeems our past and brings the blessings that lead us into result number four. I want you to hear this. I will restore you in my gracious favor and show you my tender compassion. Your gateways will always remain wide open around the clock. I want you to remember what I've said to you several times in this message about the perpetual 24-7 
prayer. Your gateways will always remain wide open around the clock to let in the procession of kings bringing their constant stream of the riches of the nation. Prophetically, I believe this is speaking to us right now as our current place in current events with the fire on the altar. God's favor and tender compassion. Your gateway will always remain wide open around the clock. Now we've talked about our personal responsibility of prayer as a member of the kingdom of God, that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. And that from there, he has given us a prayer to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's the prayer. There's the idea that what we're saying is, God, what you've, what you've prepared in heaven, let it come to earth. When we see it in the corporate sense, we're saying, God, these gates are always going to be open so that your kingdom can come and your will be done here as it is in heaven. I want you to see the connection there. I want you to see that God is saying in this righteous revolution, when my people open the gates, I come with all of my power, all of my glory, all of my transformation. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light Kings will be attracted to the sunrise glory of your new day. Your sons are returning from far away and your daughters are being tenderly carried home. Watch as they gather together, eager to come back to you. The fullness of the sea will flow to you and the wealth of the nations will be transferred to you. I will restore you in my gracious favor and show you my tender compassion. Your gateways will always remain wide open around the clock to let in the procession of kings bringing their constant stream of the riches of the nations. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Father, I ask you to take away all blindness that's in this room. That we no longer coddle fear as a friend, pride as a friend, religiosity as a friend, but we realize who the true light is, Jesus Christ. Jesus, the Son of the living God. He is the true light, and he has risen upon us the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. The light of Jesus Christ shines out of us and we come against all darkness that would try to surround us and bring us into this thick cloud of gloom that is surrounding America and every nation of the world. We will be the light of the world. We will allow Christ to shine out of us in this dark hour. 
Lord, in this room, raise up those who follow the righteous revolutionary, the one who brought hope to this world, the one that turned darkness into light. Awaken us, Lord. Awaken us to see our true place in this time of history. Lord, that every one of us have a destiny to live out right now. We have been placed on this planet for such a time as this. This is our greatest hour. This is the new day. This is the new time. This is the new season. And so, Lord, allow the sun to rise and shine through us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. May you as a son or daughter of the Father know the true love of Jesus Christ and understand your true identity as a royal member of his family. If you live in Polk, San Jacinto, or Trinity County in Texas, consider joining us live at 8125 U.S. Highway 190 West in Livingston. We have services Sunday at 10 a.m., Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Like us on Facebook, and if you would like to partner with us, check us out online at cotl.live.